0: You know what really makes us mad? Is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs.
1: Yeah, talk about punk!
2: What's up, hosers? Welcome to Punk Lotto Pod. I'm your co-host, Justin Hensley.
3: I am your other co-host, Dylan Hensley.
2: And this is the show where we assign our guests a year and they choose one punk, hardcore, emo, or punk-adjacent album from that year for us to talk about. Today, we are joined by the band If It Kills You. We have the entire band online. All four members of the band are here. This is the biggest episode we've ever had as far as on the line at once. And they just put out their new record, Invisible Self. Self-released it on Bandcamp. It's available for pre-order now, which you can get in the show notes. Excellent record. Highly recommended. What are we talking about today?
3: We are talking about the year 1995, uh, and the record is a big one. It's uh, Red Medicine by Fugazi. The Would you say this is a divisive record in the Fugazi discography?
2: No. I wouldn't actually. I'd say maybe at the time it probably was in 1995 when it came out. It was probably more divisive, but I think it's still pretty well regarded, especially for being so different and
3: experimental. I remember listening to this record for the first time and thinking, what's wrong with it? Because I <laughs> I'd had the idea in my head that it was, oh, that's the bad Fugazi record or like one <laughs> of the bad Fugazi records. I'm like, it's, this is good, but what's the beat?
2: No, in fact, if you actually look at the hmm, if you look at the dorks on Rate Your Music, it's the third highest rated record behind Repeater and The Argument. So critically lauded. Uh, for some reason, they they really hate Steady, Die of Nothing. That's my favorite. I, I think I Han, the Killtaker is my favorite. But yeah, the first three are my favorite. But yeah, we do a little bit of that discussion as far as where this ranks is with their placement yeah. of the Fugazi discography. I'm very happy that we got to talk about this band really in depth for the first time.
3: Yeah, we've batted them around from time to time whenever they come up, but no one wants to pick them uh, for some reason. Yeah, people's our theory is that people think that there's already so much been said about Fugazi that what else are we going to say? But I feel like we said a lot uh, on this episode, and I feel like I could talk about every other record. Of course. Pretty in depth. So don't be afraid if you're listening to the show and you're a potential future guest.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I genuinely don't think it matters if something has been talked about a lot with other people and because every person has a different perspective and a different take on everything. So like, yeah, so what if there's like a four hour band splain episode on the entire Fugazi discography? That's just two people talking about it instead you know you can hear like six other people's opinions on it so you know everybody's opinion is valid but also no one person's opinion i think is really necessarily better than another's so it's all what you like and what you don't like uh if you want to hear us talk a little bit more about the year 1995 you can head over to our patreon and where we just did a chart dive where we talked about all the other big records that came out in 95 not even big records too Very obscure ones mentioned as well. And you get access to our weekly bonus audio, the new release Friday, all of the weekly audio, Moon Pies for Misfits, where I try snacks and drinks. And uh, yeah, I think that's everything. That's all on for one buck. You get all that, though. If you want to pick the album we talk about on the show, you can go and pledge $10, which we have one of those coming up soon, which is going to be a fun one. Looking forward to that. And all of that is at patreon.com slash punklottopod. We have all our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Elon Musk's Twitter, at punklottopod. And our emails, punklottopodgmail.com. And our voicemail line, 202-688-PUNK, punklottopod.substack.com. And I think that's all of them. I think we hit them all there. But as of now, enjoy this conversation with If It Kills You. with the band if it kills you and there are quite a few people on the call right now so i guess for everyone's listening's sake how about we go around the quote-unquote room and uh have each of you say your name and what you do in the band so whoever wants to start
4: i'm tyler i play drums
1: in the band Uh, i'm kevin i play guitar and backup vocals
4: i'm mikey
5: i
0: play bass and a little bit of backup vocals and I'm Justin, and I play guitar and sing.
2: Awesome! This is a Punk Lotto Pod first. We've never had six people on a call at once, so this is this will be uh, fun to uh, listen to. Hopefully, we'll see how well this conversation goes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. It's it's kind of cliché to Always ask these questions first, but you know, I I don't really know a ton about the band's history. So, how did the group come together?
0: Uh, if It Kills You's been a band for probably seven years now seven years and there's you know different lineup changes um as the band sits now this this has been a band for probably two and a half years i think primarily tyler joined the band like right before covid played some shows we were really excited and then covid hit so we just went took that energy that we had and just that excitement of having a new person on the band and just started uh writing and uh, so this is this is the, the latest album we just did is the first record with this yeah
4: yeah with the exception of rendit the cover that we did
0: oh yeah which is a fugazi cover
4: which is
2: yeah
0: yeah serendipitous to this <laughs> podcast <laughs> yep
2: yeah so the new record is called invisible self and it's really good dylan and i both had a chance to listen to it we both think it's a fantastic record
0: oh thanks so much Thank yeah.
2: You. yeah, it's yeah awesome. um, how how's the reaction been to it i mean i imagine it was good
0: yeah it's it's been good We've enjoyed some of the some of the reception from from you know from people. Um, yeah, I mean that's all I can say. It's it's been pretty good. We're, we're really stoked, really happy about it.
2: For for the listeners' description, I'll play a song at the beginning of the episode so they'll be able to hear it for themselves. But when I listen to it, what I get from it is stuff like hum or failure or like Jupiter era cave in, like that kind of stuff. Is any of that kind of a touchstone for you?
4: Hum, yeah. yeah for go ahead tyler <laughs> tyler i'm chomping at the bit man yeah <laughs> um take it, take it. yeah those those are uh those are those are definitely like huge influencers for me as a drummer so big time and uh uh you know the the latest failure stuff the early failure stuff hum same thing so that's uh you're spot on with that at
2: least for the cadence and of course what a little little quicksilver or quicksand who's quicksilver quicksand and uh
3: quicksilver messenger sir <laughs> uh,
2: and uh the band we're gonna be talking about today of course i, I hear a little bit of that in there too so it, yeah it's a really great record really fun stuff on there uh there's not, not i feel like this style record there's not a ton of it anymore like there was like a wave of it a while ago but like it really died down so it's it, it's really fresh and to hear the style of music again Thank you.
0: No, yeah, a lot of those bands that you mentioned, yeah, definitely big influences for us. Fagazzi, Quicksand, those are things that we've adored all of our lives, so it kind yeah. of comes out.
2: Interestingly, so the first time I actually heard about your band was through a Facebook post uh, from the band uh, Songs for Snakes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: I, uh, uh, I, I've I i been listening to them for a long time, and the, and they shared it saying, like, oh, our friends have put out a new record, and so like I was like, oh, cool, I'll check it out, and so how awesome. do you know those? Yes. Guys?
0: uh Bill's actually on uh the song "Anti Pattern."
6: Yeah. Oh nice.
2: Uh,
0: Bill's been a good friend of ours for a long time. Love Songs for Snakes. Yeah, we met them. What, we met Songs for Snakes probably I want to say five years ago. Yeah. San Francisco at the Hemlock with, with the Hemlock. Yep. Yeah. And just BFFs ever since. I actually yeah. he split seven inch with, with them too. When uh, was that? 2017.
2: Oh okay. Huh. When, what is, is that, that? Seems familiar now hmm, I don't know, maybe I saw that and just like locked it away and forgot already, <laughs> but yeah. The the article he was sharing was, the, it was like the Brooklyn Vegan article where it was saying uh, uh featuring Jim Ward and Shelby Sinka and I was like, well, those are two names that are definitely going to get my attention, especially Shelby Sinka, because Dylan, Dylan's a massive Frodus fan, so. Yes. How, how did, how did how'd, one, how'd you wind up working with Jim Ward and then two, how'd you get Shelby Sinka to do something?
0: So, I, I have a podcast as well, and the song on the intro is uh, a Frodo's song. It's uh, off of uh, "We Washed Our Weapons." And, and we washed our weapons in the sea, and I ended up interviewing Shelby, and uh, he was just super nice guy. And he's like, he's he's so prolific as a songwriter. He was sharing so much of his music, um, and just if you look at his band camp, it's just so vast. I mean, all the stuff he does, and. Uh, I ended up sharing sharing our band and he said, Well, if you ever want any guest guitar on your new record or anything, let me know. I was like, What? Uh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah he <laughs> took, yeah, took that off immediately.
6: So
4: And with Jim Ward, um kind of kind of the same tune. Um Justin Justin did an interview with him and and kind of the same kind of thing. Justin has had a a, a lot of really, really good interviews and and having that connection was really, really cool.
0: Yeah, Jim just um, made mention about him doing production and writing, writing this record. And, or, or, yeah, the writing process of it and sent some demos and started working on it. It's just been great. He's been awesome.
2: How does uh, producing remotely work out?
0: Yeah, so this is our first time ever working with a producer at all. Um, mm-hmm. So what we did is basically in this situation is uh, – from the demos we'd send him demos he would give us his notes on the demos i mean he was with us from tracking recording at the end of every day we we're recording basics we would um, send these sessions over to him and he would listen to the sessions make notes the next day we'd have notes from jim all the way to you know final mixes to final mastering and even you know well after that he's been with us the whole time
2: wow did, did he mix any of it
0: no he uh he didn't mix any of i mix it here.
2: oh okay i mean it sounds amazing like just it has this very massive sound it's very slick like it just overall the production is brilliant i I love how it sounds
0: thanks so much that's awesome that's really good to hear
2: what uh what's the name of that podcast so other people can uh check it out too
0: it's called songwriting malpractice
2: okay i feel like i've heard that name too my uh my memory's not great but (laughs) i I feel like i've run across that name (laughs) well that's awesome uh it's a self-released record is that right It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I always commend a band when they self-release vinyl because uh, it's not easy or cheap, and but ultimately, like it's yours. Like no one can tell you what to do with it. So that it's Mike Park always says, "Release it yourself if you can." So kudos for you all for doing that. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Let's see. What uh, do you have anything sort of lined up, show wise or special stuff?
0: We we definitely want to get out and, and play in support of this record and being that the vinyl situation is the way that it is. Yeah. The record just came out April 1st, um, but there's a delay, so we won't get the vinyl until August. I and mean, that's when we we'll definitely do a string of shows and play out and support.
2: Yeah. 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 Vinyl delay is a, uh, it's pretty ludicrous at this rate. Yeah. <laughs> especially with that's, I think like- I think it's
4: awesome that it's becoming more and more, important in this in this industry to have vinyl, though i think that it's a it's a bad problem to have when you're fighting for you know time because uh the the pressing companies are just so backed up so that's a that's a good thing you know i I think positively about that
2: yeah because it means that the demand is there right like it's not it's not the niche thing quite anymore now it's like digital and vinyl is the main thing people care about exactly i just think it's,
1: it's so uh that people are getting used to the fact of album dropping and then months later, you know, the vinyl coming yeah. out. So it's kind of like <laughs> everybody's kind of adapted to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've noticed a lot of bands they'll they don't tend to wait do that thing where they wait until like they have vinyl in hand before they start putting up orders for it anymore. Like there's definitely a little bit more of a pre-order sort of sta- status going on with a lot of the labels and bands. But also it it's usually a, a, only a few months out whenever the pre-order is happening. So it's not like you put in the order yesterday and you're like all right pre-order time and we'll wait a year and a half yeah, <laughs> Not too terrible, yeah. yeah.
3: we just <laughs> sent the masters to get uh pressed uh let's uh go ahead and put the pre-order out
6: yeah
5: yeah <laughs> it's a trip because like you know I, I buy a lot of vinyl on online and sometimes you forget like a year and a half later like oh yeah that's cool i bought that record and then there's times <laughs> where i bought it twice not knowing that i already <laughs> bought it because it's so spaced out that it's like you, you know you're like, okay cool i can just give this one to a buddy but um <laughs> it's so delayed it's like sometimes you forget you even order it but it makes a good surprise when you get home you know
2: yeah it's always a surprise when it shows up like fairly soon after you order it too because you're like we, we now are used to the idea of it taking a while and it's like oh it's it's here already wow yeah like a month <laughs> later you're like wow this is, <laughs> this is yeah great. yeah and back in you know five years ago if it took two weeks to get to you people would be like where's my record emailing somebody (laughs) paypal claims on it (laughs) well that's awesome well we'll, hopefully those those will get out sooner rather than later and you can start playing out that that's exciting
5: yeah really excited yeah and to go back to the remote thing too like we we we, we wrote the record all remotely as well during this whole so we we did a lot of work from home we'd send files back and forth so by the time we were starting working with Jim we're already used to sort of the process of kind of getting things you know in and out in that regard so it was pretty cool that we were kind of prepped for that it was interesting you know doing it that way because we've always just wrote songs in person you know so um it was just kind of weird that we were sending files back and ideas and um it was just a very interesting way and i think it, i don't know i just it, it i don't know if that helped the way we put songs together or if it was just it seemed to just flow for us when we were doing it, it didn't seem like it was that difficult it was just the way we were doing it. And it was just, uh, I think it turned out pretty cool considering the environment that we were in at the time. Yeah.
0: It's a good point. I, I think there was only like maybe two songs off the record that we like wrote or two or three songs mm-hmm. off the record. We wrote like in the room and actually, you know, Kevin lives in Santa Rosa. So that's like six hours away from us. Oh, wow. Um, so all of his songs that he would write or the songs he would write to, uh, you know, that was all no matter what mm-hmm. COVID. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was a it, the whole record is a remote record, the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so when it came to the yeah when it came to the, the production on Jim's Jim's part, it just seemed like an extension of that.
4: Yeah. And it, and it was pretty cool because he would he would pick apart little things and and he would say, oh, you know those those snare drums need to be you know tighter. And then we would <laughs> go back and make them tighter. So it was like he was in the room with us a lot yeah. of times, you know. Exactly. It just, it, so, a little latency so, there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny too because he was in—he's in what uh, mountain time? Hmm. So he's an hour hour ahead of us. So that kind of worked out in our benefit when we were all in the same room recording. We could send him stuff, and he had like an extra hour sending the notes, and out—you know—the next day the notes would come back <laughs> a little hour earlier. So it kind of worked. From the from the future. From the
6: future, exactly. We're <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if like you were sending something off to be reviewed, like the way it you know you'd send it off and like overnight let's see what he says and we wake up first thing
1: yeah that's yep. pretty
2: much how it was yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. Yeah.
5: And you it's like hopefully we don't day. have to rewrite this whole song
2: <laughs> 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 right because that would be like the you know in real life if he was in person it would just be like stop stop stop, stop. Yeah. you know like, yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: well yeah that was i was kind of thinking like writing that process being different like where you're like the work's been done and now you just have to like kind of respond to it versus and like work with what you have recorded rather than being like in the heat of the moment and being like, let's change it right now. Mm. And like, do you want to change it or do you want to work with what you have?
4: Well, yeah, and that was that was that was really um so, you know, recording an album usually like the drums are usually the first thing that, that gets laid down. So mm. we really did go back and forth for a couple of days kind of in time when we were, you know, choosing the sounds, you know, there's a couple of different kits, a couple of different snare drums, different, different symbols that we used and choosing the sounds was like really important because we wanted to get it right before we started actually laying down tracks. And, and those were probably the biggest edits, you know, and with, with like all the, the little things that maybe he, he heard that we didn't, and um because guitars are a little bit easier to to um you know say hey that part needs to clean up you know if you have to do that on drums it's like yikes you know yeah yeah we
1: gotta now we gotta do the whole song yeah 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 and i think just the way we we uh approached with the demo process too um basically the songs were solidified to the right know, so we had them i mean the demo sounded great but uh we ba- we tweaked things here and there but not too much i mean what you hear on the album is almost exactly how the demo sounded, but just a, you know, a better quality, but yeah, as, far as uh, we really, yeah, we really didn't write too much, just a little, you know, uh, segues or stuff like that in between. But for the most part, it was a finished product from the demo stage. Just a little flair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean- <laughs> flair. Just some
1: pieces of flair. <laughs> and, and Jim did that too. So he put
4: some pieces of flair on it. You know, he's, he's on one of the songs too. So, um, you know, that was that was really cool because he was like, I'm hearing something. I'm 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 hearing that it's missing something.
2: Let me do that for you. <laughs>
6: yeah.
4: We're like, Okay. Like, oh, yeah,
5: yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, please.
2: Right, right. Like you don't wanna you don't you don't wanna tell the guy like, um you were in at the drive in, what do you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, do you want to sing? You could like be the singer. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. You just want this to be your records?
4: I'll,
0: I'll just play guitar. Sorry, Jason. Totally cool with
4: that. We basically just bowed down to any anything that he did say. We just we
2: just did it, you know? Yeah. Feel like he knows what he's talking about, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
3: Give yeah, that man. notes back like more like do it more like you did on wiretap scars and less like <laughs> right. less like porcelain. <laughs> Give me some more sleeper
2: car. <laughs>
3: yeah, he was well, great
4: to work with.
2: Yeah, well, that's awesome. That's uh, that's really cool to work with somebody so renowned, and then you know, uh, work with Shelby Sinka too. Like, that's just a really fun collection of people you've had working, and then the songs themselves wouldn't be what they were without you. So it's it's a excellent record. I highly recommend people check it out.
0: Thanks so much.
3: You yeah, had you. Uh, you had Ben from Sleepy Time Trio, right?
2: Absolutely,
0: we mm-hmm. as well. Movies. We love Sleepy Time Trio. I love that band. Bats and Mice. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, and everybody that that uh, contributed to the record the nicest people. They were so nice. They were so cool. And it's like these people are like our heroes. Like Sleepy Time Trio, Throatis, you know, At the drive and All I mean, all these people. And they were so cool. So it was so much fun to work with them and. and just have them on our record. and feel
2: honored. Absolutely. We've definitely, you probably know that feeling too from doing the podcast, but doing our show too, we've had people we, that we love and look up to and are just like, wow, I can't believe we just kind of like shot the shit with like somebody that, you know, <laughs> we loved and have been listening to for 15 years or more, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, everyone should check it out. Uh, I believe the record's available on Bandcamp. And I'll make sure to include links to that in the show notes. So
5: yeah, you can still pre order off the the Bandcamp as well.
2: Yeah, I'll make sure to include that. And uh, <laughs> let's get into the rest of the format of the show then. So awesome. the premise of the show is we assign our guests a year and they choose one punk, hardcore, emo or punk adjacent record from that year for us to talk about. And we gave you the year 1995. And before we get to the record we're talking about today, uh, what are some albums that came out that year that you were uh, considering talking about? Like, maybe we could do an episode on this. There's too many. Yeah. <laughs> That's
3: such a good year, I man.
5: Before. Tyler had a nice little list we had to trim down a little bit, so.
3: Yeah?
4: <laughs>
5: he, was, he was fighting tooth and nail over there about
4: it. So what do you got there, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I mean, there, there's so many good albums that year. Um, and I was young, you know, I... I I I listened to those albums not in 1995, you know, so, but, but just to name like a couple, I mean, Deftones Adrenaline came out, obviously Hum would have been, uh, you'd prefer an astronaut would probably have been like, if it was, if you were just asking me the question and not the band collectively, I probably would have chose that. Uh, Brian St. Pierre as a drummer, is a huge inspiration to me, you know, rest in peace. He, he passed away, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he, he, he kind of molded me into the, Uh, listening wise you know molded me into the kind of drummer that i wanted to be you know he had a crazy amount of dynamics and and i'm kind of biased when i when i pick a band i i'm basically just picking a drummer you know yeah (laughs) but (laughs) uh, i don't play any other instruments so i i just kind of go uh, head over heels over you know drummers so he was great i love the songs you know they they were kind of a super underground not very popular. I think one of the biggest things they ever did was they were on a like a, a car commercial, you know? <laughs> so uh they were on a Cadillac commercial they played stars yeah, off that yeah. album on a Cadillac commercial.
2: <laughs> yeah. I do remember because I, I yeah, I was born in eighty six, so I would have been like what, nine when that record yeah. came out. But I do remember hearing stars on the radio when I was a kid. And I always remember being like this song's cool. What is yeah. what is this band? I don't think I even knew their name then. It's one of those type of yeah. things. Like you're ten years old and you're like, who? I think yeah. seen
0: I think it stars was on a four in one skate commercial or skate uh,
2: video. Skate video, yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. that that was probably the first time I heard that song.
3: They were that one of those and- they had that song that song stayed on alternative radio playlists for mm-hmm. a really long time, which was so odd because they had no other songs. Like yeah, on radio, no hit singles. Mm.
2: That was it. Huh? That was the hit. Yeah. Yep. And it's so dynamic itself. Like that song, like starts very quietly yeah. and like, huge. So I remember. I think that's why it stood out so much in that radio landscape because you're just like, what is this song?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It grabs your attention. Yeah. There was a lot of great records in
1: 1995. But- that Captain Jazz album is oh, yeah. amazing. I remember when I I ordered that from um, Heart Attack or the Evolution uh, mail order. I was a one a, in 95 I was a junior in high school so I must have listened to that album I still own the exact you know I, I never really sold any of my records but I still have that record that I got but I just remember like who the hell are these guys <laughs> it was just so chaotic and <laughs> and just
2: amazing
3: yeah that's uh, that's the I one that puddle Splashers yeah uh, that's
2: that's the really long album title Burritos Inspiration yeah. Point Fork Balloon <laughs> yeah really long title yeah it's
1: just, it's just uh, tim can lyrics are just like you know bonkers <laughs> <laughs> it's great well, if never, you never know, and if you've never heard
5: that like out of nowhere that band you're just like what the hell is even going on here? yeah like a, yeah and you just, hear
1: yeah i mean like you know kitty kitty cat skinny neck hex <laughs> <It's> <laughs> heavy like you're like what is this guy talking yeah. <laughs> about <laughs> but it, i love it i mean i were, would have got to see them live but
2: were they one of the first bands to like do that kind of song titling? I, I I have a hard time thinking of anybody else who
3: was doing like oh, names um, like that. definitely something. It yeah. definitely comes from this time period. I really, yeah, I can't think of anyone else.
1: No, I mean, because they incorporated like horns, mm-hmm. you know, but they weren't played very well. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was like yeah. just just to <laughs> create a like, sound or, or whatever. Spastic, yeah. Yeah. I remember. And then a few years later, there, um constantine sankati did the same thing they were pretty awesome too but that Captain jazz record dear you of course yeah
2: the yeah oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. massive record jawbreaker's oh. currently doing a tour playing that record yeah yeah with these like wild lineups too uh
0: oh right
2: like every show has like a, a crazy good lineup on it it's yeah. like what and comedy there's a comedian on every show too is it really oh wow
0: yeah. that's awesome brilliant. yeah yeah it's like here's here's john box here's Sam. Yeah. here's the scene that's
5: oh there's face to face here's yeah. here's mikey lee doing stand-up <laughs> 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 dude i would opened it.
6: yeah <laughs> the
5: problem is i'm not very funny so <laughs> yeah stacked
0: years for sure yeah so many good records <laughs>
2: Yeah, we've covered 1995 in the past before and I think that you know, that year we've done there's the Unwound record, the future of what. Oh, yeah. There's, we did the Dead Guy record. Um did we do anything else? Let's see. I don't know. We may have done something else but it's not jumping off at the page currently but yeah. Good year. It's it's kind of like whenever we we look at these, we look at these lists and kind of to get an idea of what like the overall like trends and sounds were whenever, you know, we're talking about a record. And to me, yes, you had like, as far as like more alternative rock and modern rock stuff, you had like your, the grunge explosion in the earlier part of the nineties. And then, yeah, Green Day has uh Dookie in 94. But to me, like, Once you dig past those top layer bands, it's it's just like kind of not necessarily the best years overall. You get to '95, and I say like '95 to I don't know 2000. Like it's just these stacked years from front to back of just like amazing records
3: and really diverse. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of different sounds.
2: Yeah, it was like the golden years of hardcore. Defining sound, yeah, like you know genre defining sounds that you know you still hear today. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, if anyone has any other records they want to mention, we can. If not, we can move on.
0: No, I, I think i well, remember uh, any was, the other ones. When we uh, we kind of knew when we seen Fugazi on there doing that one. Yeah, but there in was the some, bag. You know, yeah, there are so many other good <laughs> records. I like, I oh, don't know, Tyler might fight us on this one. There's Hums on this one. We had
4: we had, well, we had <laughs>
0: to wrestle, so we wrestled it out.
5: Okay. And we love home too. I
4: I actually will throw another one out there because yeah. that was uh that was um also the year of Sunday Real Estate LP two. And yeah. dude, that thing was, uh, was, was life changing also for me and, you know, and my brother and my friends. And it was just an insane album to come out. And obviously, you know, those guys, you know, that their music careers are still not over. They're still doing different things. You know, Nate, um, I don't even know if Nate was on that album. Was he on that one? He was. Yeah.
3: It was his last record.
4: Yeah. Okay, he was cool. on, uh, how it feels. And he, yeah. And yeah. that, yeah. By that time. And and you know even even their drummer um uh, William can't remember his last Wilson, name right Will now Goldsmith Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith yeah <laughs> <laughs> he you know his his new his new band came out um this just recently too and dropped something so they're all still doing something which is really cool but that album was really good definitely worth
2: noting
5: we're just waiting for a sunny day comeback right
4: yeah it actually
2: might be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they are, they're they a band who does kind of do that, though, right? Like, they do the come and go thing. They'll play Coachella it, every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore. The, that's like the record with that.
3: That's the record with the song that's on the Batman Forever soundtrack.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I, I can't get over the, the Sunny Day Real Estate is on a Batman soundtrack.
0: <laughs> right, right there with Seal, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: this isn't the seal <laughs> one, offspring unfortunately <laughs> um this is the one with with uh you Oh it is the one with seal that's right it yeah. is yeah yeah
6: yeah
5: yeah because
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. brandy and um
5: yeah. <laughs> which song justin sing it for is, oh, oh, is it kiss from a rose <laughs> i think it is
0: maybe later in the conversation <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, Dylan, anything, anything that uh, Dylan and I actually just did kind of like a deep dive on the year 1995 over on the Patreon where we go through the dig through the charts. And I guess for for context sake, this is the year of Insomniac by Green Day, Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt and Outcome the Wolves by Rancid. I'd say those are probably the like Cheshire Cat by Blink. Like those are the yeah. mainstream touchstones
3: to give people an idea of what's what's um, I mean, you can back you can back it out further and and melancholy and the infinite sadness um mm. radiohead put out the bins um
4: those, yeah. are, those are all right albums right there's, yeah there's <laughs> you know fine okay. <laughs> they, they yeah, i
2: did.
4: like masterpieces right.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
2: yeah oh well so uh we gave you 95 and let's talk about the record you actually chose so you selected red medicine by fugazi Few stats on Fugazi, which these are kind of the same stats because the, the great thing about Fugazi is they were consistent from front to end. So they're from Washington, DC, formed in nineteen eighty six. This was released June twelfth, nineteen ninety five, middle of the summer. This is their fourth studio album, and it was released on Discord records. And the personnel is Ian Mackay on guitar and vocals. Guy Picciotto? Is that how we say it? I've never Picciotto, yeah. Picciotto. Picciotto on guitar, vocals, and clarinet. Uh Joe Lally on bass and vocals and Brendan Canty on drums. And the record was actually produced by the band themselves because they were kind of tired of the uh the producer process, so they decided to do it on their own.
0: This is the first record they didn't they didn't go with Ted Nicely.
2: Yeah. This
1: is no he did. He was he he assisted in it, I believe. I think you no, know, I think he think this is the first one he didn't
2: yeah, he's not involved yeah, in this one.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I knew they yeah. produced it, but I thought he was part of it, it like the middle part. But
2: Don Zantara's on here as an engineer, but yeah. yeah he, I mean, may he recorded have... everything, but yeah. 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 Well, they. It sounds great. Yeah. They tried to do the one record with uh, Albini, too, and they, like, hated how it sounded. Yeah. Did... It's
0: crazy. It's like. Did they record with Albini? Yeah.
3: yeah. I know Jawbreaker yeah, did, did. did, and they ended up re recording a lot of it. <laughs>
0: That's what I was going to say. Both those bands went and recorded. Yeah, then Jawbreaker redid a lot with Billy Anderson.
3: Yeah. We yeah. did
0: like three or four songs off 24 Hour. But
2: uh, yeah, they did, like Killtaker, they did yeah. Albini. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they did the whole thing albums. with them. And yeah. then like they hated it and they just went back to D.C. <laughs> or, right. you know, yeah. yeah, it's wild that they're like Albini? No thanks. But <laughs> <laughs> let's see, what year was that? It was 94. 90- that was 94. 90- three so, uh 92. this youtube link says 92 albini sessions so i don't know if okay. that's yeah. yeah there we go here no, fugazi's notorious 92 recording session so this was been yeah. what pre <clears throat> Nirvana even like
3: it's nuts huh?
0: i like the sound of those demos they're very albini-ish they're very bombastic and big and, and gnarly but yeah they're no they're uh you know, in on Kill Taker, how it sounds now is great too. But Yeah. Did they, fun, say, did they say why they didn't like the? I haven't read into it, but did they say why they didn't? I could didn't be like mistaken, this? but I think that Albini and uh, Albini them both had a discussion on the like, Yeah, stuff really mm. so. It's kind of part of the ways. Got gotcha.
2: Yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, according to this, this is an article on Culture Creature. I'm not sure. Music and Culture in Conversation. Don't know that the site is. But it says on the drive home from Chicago, Fugazi listened to the cassettes of the recording. After conferring, they agreed, this is not a good recording. Albini <laughs> soon sent the band a <laughs> fax that, that concurred. Fact. I blew it, he wrote. <laughs> over That's <over> all.
6: <laughs> oh, man.
5: Here we go. Just the fax is coming It's printing like, okay. out. It's like,
3: ah, oh, yeah, okay. You yeah. probably just scribbled it on a piece of paper and fed it through yeah. the fax machine, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, it says, though, even though they all experienced a great sense of camaraderie during the sessions, the results were lacking. That's funny that they, they all were like, yeah, it's just not that good.
5: They all <laughs> disagreed, like, yeah, let's just move on. They're okay. all civil yeah. about
2: it. That's funny because you usually don't have Albini and civil in the same like <laughs> conversation, usually. <laughs> that's and, wild
0: and on paper you know you think that those two together
2: like it would work right we, we actually know, we have both,
0: we got both records so
2: we actually had
4: some <clears throat> we actually had some studio time booked for with albini um or at least at the studio yeah um and then yeah, was, and then COVID hit so we we weren't able to do it
0: that was we pretty much what was going to be this record <laughs> right yeah we were going to go to we had studio time at electrical audio with albini and we're super, buff, obviously, yeah. but uh, things worked out, and we're you know super excited about the way things.
2: Ended. Uh, it, honestly, so it would have just yeah, you could do something later, of course, but it, yeah. this record would have sounded completely different, I think, too. Yeah. Like just because this one's so slick that like Albini's style is more, I don't know, more live, I guess. So yeah, yeah okay. it would have sounded yeah. just completely different. It's wild. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we would have had probably issues with time constraints too we yeah. were with albini we basically had infinite amount of time with this album yeah so yeah we basically took our time because you know we recorded at Justin's studio and and money wasn't an option it was just our time and justin's time justin put a lot of hours into this thing but <laughs> for the most part yeah. you know, <laughs> we were able to do everything that we wanted to do and come out with a, a finished product that we were all you know that we combed over uh, multiple times and just kind of you know, I think we're all happy with the outcome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: I'll yeah, be. We, I'll we, can have the, the next of, one. Yeah, there we go. And, yeah.
1: and we we got to secure
4: our time too, so we still have time over there.
2: Yeah. Well, that's perfect then.
4: Yeah. We'll do a
1: seven inch or something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so uh, the first thing I usually ask our guests is, what made you choose this album?
0: I'm just gonna say that it was uh, it was a great. It's a great record. It's what probably probably one of Fagazi's. More ambitious records and probably a, a record that probably challenged their fan base, right? Being coming from, you know, their more punk rock fans, punk rooted, going into this record, which is more of like an ambient record and there's slower songs on there that I could see really challenging that fan uh, It's just a solid record. And like some of the songs yeah. when I first heard it, you know, as i 15. You know, I was even like, oh, I don't know, man, this is this is super slow, but these are the songs that like grew on me and just like affected me. So it's just a great.
1: Yeah, and even even parts, you know, that that were um, of the Fugazi style um, in the beginning, like when you hear the intro to so like Do You Like Me, and or even like Birthday Pony, there's still those hidden elements of the heavy, like you know, the token Fugazi, like you yeah. know, choruses or or just guitar styles, and and they would just carry, you know song it was just you know there's that the little style that they'd always you know that reminded you of Fugazi and I just think yeah same thing you just took a little while to digest but for the most part
5: yeah for me yeah. it was just um this was actually the first Fugazi record I heard um because I yeah. I lived in the mountains we didn't know what music was um <laughs> so I, I went I went down to the, the the town where all the people were and there's there's a music store there and I was like coming through all the Metallica records that I, that I was listening to. And then I was like, okay, this is interesting cover. So I just grabbed it. And when I first heard it, I was like, okay, this is a trip. I like it. Um, and, and now listening, like Kevin said, listening to the other, other records after that, it's like, there's a taste of some of the, you know, the, the older stuff, but then there's like just some weird out out there stuff in there. And that's actually what brought me in was that just kind of weird things. I was just listening to a bunch of metal, you know? And, um, just being a metal kid. And then just listening to that record just kind of changed, changed it for me. And, um, it was just kind of, kind of a strange thing. And then, uh, kind of caught my attention and just dove in deeper after that.
2: Where does this one, as far as Fugazi records go, where does this one rank for each of you? Mm.
1: Uh, well, it's kind of hard to rank anything above the first three albums <laughs> mm-hmm. for me personally. I mean, yeah. Peter's my favorite by far. Um, but, you know, between, if I had the, you know, repeater, it would be repeater, I don't know, steady diet and in on the kill taker, are, or are, uh, they're heavy second for sure. It would probably be, you know, fourth, <laughs> just like they're, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> just, how it's, it's, just, just how it's laid know, out. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, 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 their catalog is timeless, mm-hmm. but for, for me, it's definitely not as, as amazing as the first three, but. I think for me... I just, I just probably where I was and how much significance those have in that time in my life, you know? So they so just have more meaning, like, the where I was and what, what was happening in my life around the time listening to those first three.
0: For me, it's definitely probably got to be in on the kill take. This one is... This one's great, and it's probably... Price smack up in the middle. It's probably, like, you know, third or fourth on the list. And being, you know... To me, to my ears, this one sounds the best as far as, like, sound quality. Like, this sounds super... <clears throat> well recorded that snare
6: throughout mm-hmm. the whole record yeah.
0: is so massive it's like so loud it's like well above the vocal which is pretty rare <laughs> right yeah uh, but uh yeah it's probably ranked third or fourth ranked. it's like in on the kill taker steady diet right underneath that repeater medicine
4: yeah I, I i probably i'm the odd man out i'd probably put the argument in number one position for me i absolutely love that album this would probably fall in line for two or three, I'd say.
3: I'm glad you say that. I love the argument. Yeah. yeah. I think people forget it because it's the last record. And most people go through the first three records. And then I think Red Medicine is just too weird mm-hmm. <laughs> for a certain kind of punk fan. And then they just don't keep going. And yeah, I, I, I love that record. I think it's such an, a good ambient slow thoughtful mm-hmm. record that is maybe not quite as like sprawling and ambitious as like red medicine and in hits it's not as experimental i think it's kind of where they took that experimental phase and put it back together
4: yeah um yeah life and limb great song on that album but um yeah they they, they did a lot of really fun things with with percussion too kind of on everything you know that's yeah that's always been actually we kind of we kind of pulled a little bit of a uh uh, of inspiration from that on um our song on this on our on our album um cloak and dagger that's very fugazi-esque that the ending of that song has a a very kind of fugazi-esque drum part
0: the the double drums i was gonna say you probably like the argument because there's Two drummers,
4: and I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more, the more
6: drummers done,
0: I'm, I'm
5: like, dude, it's just double the fun, man. <laughs> He's like, how about three drummers,
6: dude? <laughs>
2: Sadly, we've yet to cover a Fugazi record on the show. This is the first time we're like 180 plus episodes into the show and no one's picked a Fugazi record yet. So it's it's one of those things where I guess it's like, well, that's such an obvious pick. But also at the same time, it's like, well, we haven't even hit some of the obvious picks. So let's go <laughs> ahead, pick it and talk about <laughs> it. <this. laughs> I guess people in general are just kind of like, well, what else can we say about this record? But as when they're as good as they are, I feel like there's still plenty to talk about, right
4: Justin kind of nailed it um uh just the 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 level of uh intensity on the on the drums for this album is really what made me really like it um and and uh it's like he 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 just knows what to play, when to play it, and it feels like it just always fits the song so well, um even as like chaotic as something could be. Um, And then as raw as 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 it could be, too, he just always sit well in the in the mix of things um, for playing just the right parts, you know?
2: Yeah. And he plays in a way, too, that, like, really gets you to notice it. So, like, you can't say that about every single band, you know, like a lot of bands, you're just like. You hear the first couple of drum hits, and then it kind of just moves into the oh, that's what a song, a drum sounds like on this type of song. But there's something about the way that Brendan Canty plays. It's just like in the middle of a track, you'll be like, oh, wow, listen to what he's doing over there, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm very creative. Mm-hmm. Just,
2: and they're they all like
1: that. Jam- jam- yeah, they make, jam- I, I don't know. They just, I think because they, when they would, before they tour, they'd practice their entire catalog. So I, I just think they were insanely in tune with each other. And they just they could jam effortlessly, and it's almost like they read each other's minds, and they could just i don't know, but a lot of their stuff, especially on this album because there were there seems like they were allowed more freedom to experiment with stuff like that with stuff that they normally wouldn't do um and that's what that's what comes through in all the uh you know the experimental parts of this album. Probably because they didn't have a
4: producer telling them to stop.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going, do this weird thing. Let's keep
1: going. let keep going.
3: Come on, guys. We need to. Re- we need to record the song where you yell
1: yeah <laughs> yeah like birthday pony what are you talking about
6: <laughs> <laughs> could but you playing... could you
5: even imagine playing or practicing that much like that's just crazy i might, no. i might even like practicing that much i may even be able to learn how to play the bottom two strings of the bass and practice that much you know <laughs> um, but it's pretty crazy right the amount of time they put in and um practicing the whole catalog is is wild you know just doing it as a normal thing and just kind of keeping tight and just in tune all the time it's just
6: Having,
0: like towards the end having over 100 songs yeah and practicing all those before you go out because you don't have a set list that's probably insane. why they don't
1: tour anymore
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah because and
0: nah, i'm good it's awesome that's
2: yeah. probably why they never reunited because it's just like i don't want to learn <laughs> all <daunting>. 100 again <laughs> yeah are you kidding me like
4: <laughs> daunting task I
2: mean, maybe
5: maybe see, what if i don't see the set list i'm I'm lost, man. It's over.
4: <laughs> Maybe what we should do as fans is write a set list and, and push them back into a reunion show. Say these yeah. are the songs that, that these, you know <laughs> Can you thousands can you, of people want you to play on a tour. <laughs>
3: can you imagine asking Fugazi to play the hits? Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why you that's why they'll never do it. Yeah. I mean Yeah. 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 I don't even think it's the money thing. I think it's just like I don't think they'll ever do what someone expects them to do.
5: Yeah, I mean that's like the whole thing where you know when they they play shows they always pull bands in that it's different. You know they mm-hmm. always just approached everything differently, which was cool. I mean when they played in in Bakersfield here in Bakersfield they you know had some locals open up.
6: Yeah. And it was they just really, do
5: really I mean yeah, and it's just really cool, right? Because it's like what well, you know your friend calls you you're like dude I'm opening up for Fugazi. You're like what? Like, okay, <laughs> I'll kill you, I'm,
4: dude. I'm in. Dude. What do you need me to do? i
5: I'm opening up.
4: Yeah. Um, Give me the tambourine, just, man. Yeah, just just let
5: me stand up there just for a minute, dude. um yeah. it's just pretty cool, right? The just the approach on everything, really. Right
2: yeah, they definitely. You definitely saw a lot of bands where like the locals were like, I didn't know they added a third guitar. To this band. <laughs>
5: yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, everyone that we know is up there playing. It's like the Scott oh, Band
3: now. now. They got a brass
2: section now? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: There's yeah. a poetry reading. <laughs> right. exactly.
2: You just got a Mighty Mighty Boss dancing guy in there now. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's somebody up there painting. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Broadway play now. Like it's just
4: it's
2: out of control. Out of control. Have, did any of you get a chance to see them live? Yeah. Yeah. yeah
6: just I've seen I saw him
2: one time. One time. Yeah. I've seen him
1: oh, uh, probably ten times. I'd say. Wow, that's awesome. I followed him up, up and down California one year.
3: Oh I saw yeah. Saw him playing
1: Dolores Park in San Francisco for a Food Not Bomb show. That was amazing. That's pretty once of a kind or once in a lifetime thing.
2: Do you know if any of those shows got archived?
1: Uh, well, the uh, the big the two Bakersfield ones did the uh, I don't know if the Food Not Bomb San Francisco one got archived. I, I don't know. I haven't, even looked, I haven't even looked for it. The El yeah. Tejón. Yeah. Yeah. The Warren Hall. The
0: yeah. Bakersfield yeah. one got archived. You listen to it at the beginning and somebody in the crowd's like, white trash!
6: And
1: he's like,
0: <laughs> what does it mean, sir? What does it mean? <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what, what are you saying? What's happening?
1: What I just think there's, there's one scene uh, or one part. I don't know if it's in the recording. It might be. Or if it was in the the Juarez or the Tejón, but they went to Fresh and Easy and Guy's like, so we went to Fresh and Easy, not so fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, it was like a buffet, you know? <laughs> no, it was it Fresh and Easy? Was, I think that's what it was called, Fresh something. Right. It was like yeah. a, a, a buffet kitchen style. Oh, a salad. Yeah, oh, the yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you, yeah. You, as soon as you yeah. walk in, there's like build your own salad. And like, <laughs> not, so fr- not so fresh. <laughs> not so fresh. the bar. Not so fresh.
2: That's great. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, It just brings to mind like this idea of like we've all been to shows hundreds probably at this point like and there there are those some those shows where you're just like the banter stuck in your head more and like even years later you'll quote stuff like that. Like Dylan and I are always referencing like a a time that like Sam I am was making fun of like a Mexican restaurant in Florida because they were like we sat there forever it's like, man, I can make a burrito with two fingers, and just like he mimed making a burrito with two fingers, and like we quote that all the time. It's just like, fuck, oh, <laughs> I can make it with two crazy. fingers.
3: I, I've tried, I've tried it actually, the two finger uh, burrito did, fold. Did,
5: did it, it turn out okay? It,
3: it, I I would need to practice it more to be able to yeah, do yeah. it efficiently, but it can be done.
0: It didn't fall <laughs> apart. <laughs>
4: Well, I don't know. I didn't just, eat it.
3: It probably just it probably fell in something. someone's lap in the car.
4: Yeah. <laughs> just get messy. Two fingers.
2: <laughs> so looking at, I was looking up a couple of different reviews from around the time period that this album came out, and uh, a lot of the a lot of the comments were this record is uh, they're doing something really different, and it 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 kind of has a reputation for being the record that they. I would say change directions, but they definitely began to experiment way more and trying out different things that they never would have done before. And I think it, I don't know that every idea works a hundred percent, but they're always interesting regardless of, I'm like, I love that clarinet song, you know, or (laughs) in just like the uh, weird, some of the weird stuff that's on this album.
5: It's just, just the record opening up. You're like, what is it like? Yeah. right off the bat you're like okay what
0: did i hit the wrong thing here like you know <laughs> it's just a trip that squashed like boombox yeah <laughs> uh noise yeah. piece that it kind of makes its way into like several of the songs right you know it starts mm-hmm. off with do you like me and it's in a bunch of different songs kind of keeps gives this album like this cohesive common thread and yeah, like the clarinet song and some you know got snare drums going through like dub yeah. sounding like rolling space echoes mm-hmm. and
1: all kinds of stuff yeah like they that. did a they put delays on on version, right? They did a delay mm-hmm. drum yeah, yeah. on that
2: one. But yeah, there's yeah, even the clarinet, right? Yeah. There's even just like I feel like listening to this album, there's just lots of just noise on it, meaning like they're just they're clanging around a lot between tracks or like lead ins to songs or outros. Like it's just a lot of just way a band like Dylan 4 uses feedback on like almost every song or, you know, just throwing in these little like Click and clack mechanical sounding almost things yeah. all, all over the record.
4: Yeah. This household the household items. Lives. Yeah. yeah. yeah hey, go over there and feedback. get the
5: pot real quick. We're gonna bring the pot in here. We're gonna <laughs> go get a spoon. Bang it on that piano.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need Herb- a stapler. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Come <laughs>
2: watching uh, it was like a like a in studio thing with uh, that band Black Eyes from they're also a discord band they uh put out two records on discord but they recorded the record with Danzi Antara and Ian Mackay was there too and they show Ian's just like at some points he's just like carrying around like a drum and he's like what can we do to this and it's just like looking for stuff to to do to the drum to make it sound different in there so like I have to imagine it was just like that on this album.
1: Yeah, yeah. The
0: instrument uh, they're recording Red Medicine on instrument, right?
1: On instrument, so you yeah. Get,
0: you get to see a lot of behind behind the scenes type parts of yeah. recording the recording record, so it's pretty. So they're having a good
4: recording in different locations and and uh, different parts of houses and doing weird obscure things to it. They paved the path for other bands to do that too, you know. They that that's what that's what I think that. Uh, a lot of bands probably attribute their their weirdness to is going back and you know recording uh, a utensil drawer dropping on the floor you know what i mean <laughs> yeah.
5: i mean but yeah, if, you're, if you're playing the same sort of i mean you're, you're you're playing your style you're playing your for the first three records you're doing that and then people hear this record and like oh okay i can do something different so bands mm-hmm. you know it kind of mm-hmm. gives you the if you look up to them in that way it's like okay cool i actually could do some other stuff and you know, people may not, you know, people may get a little pissed a little bit, but, you know, come back to it, maybe ex- expand kind of your sound a little bit. And I think it's just kind of cool and creative to to do that every once in a while and just kind of throw something in new you're not used to and kind of shakes it up a little bit. I like it when
0: that uh, instrument they kind of, they sh- they show all the, the people at the shows and they're talking about Fugazi that maybe not in a good light and they just kept that in the video you know people are like oh, you know they don't allow me to mosh anymore you can't you can't you can't fuck with Ian McKay you know Black Flag This guy's saying that Ian McKay was in Black Flag I just love this all the critiques <laughs> so if you're gonna be that experimental I guess you're gonna have to you're gonna have to accept some yeah. criticism yep.
2: yeah well yeah and you I feel like these. I don't think that this group of individuals is particularly known for being like, oh, they didn't like it. Oh.
5: no, no. no uh, a, <laughs> cool, you don't like it? I don't give a shit. Whatever. <laughs>
3: my, my, my friend says caffeine is a drug. Yeah. So well, tell, tell your, your friend, friend
6: fuck, fuck you. Fuck you.
5: <laughs> I, I was just having unsweetened iced tea. I unsweetened iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> I almost watch that every day
1: so you guys know uh, (laughs) I can't remember if it was in an instrument or not or if it was in one of the live videos or footage but uh or (laughs) Guy there's some guy being tough in the crowd and Guy's like hey man he's like I saw you outside earlier and you're not so tough he's like you were eating ice cream (laughs) fucking ice cream he's like you're not so tough you're an ice cream eating motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) that's so good like what do you say to that? You're all damn. I was eating ice you deny, cream. You did You <laughs> I was. I, I was. I, was. I never died.
0: eat ice cream. I
5: wasn't I enjoying lie.
4: it. <laughs> I, it I was fast. holding it for my friend. This <laughs> is my friend's ice cream. I was protecting the ice
2: cream. <laughs> it made my head
5: hurt. <laughs> That's so funny. It
2: even though this album is, like, one of their more experimental, or at least a step in a direction of a more experimental sound, that it was their most commercially successful record, weirdly. It was, like, it peaked at number 126 on the Billboard 200 chart, and then was number two on the Heat Seekers chart. You know, those hot up-and-comers Fugazi. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: I think it was just that time, too. It was, uh, all that stuff was coming to light, coming to surface, because of Green Day and all these other bands that were bringing punk and, and that type of genre to the mainstream.
3: Well, yeah, it's and I can definitely see it's like you you've heard about this band like oh I've heard about Fugazi I need to check out this this band Fugazi and you go to the record store and you see they have a new record mm-hmm. yeah you buy that one. That's, yeah exactly It's definitely like the right time and place
2: who were Dylan who were we just talking about that we were like what that was a major label record. Oh, i cannot remember what it was now but it was just somebody you were like oh seven seconds
3: like, oh yeah seven seconds yeah
2: they were on a major at this time period i'm like whoa seven seconds which is in, just funny 95 yeah what Ooh. record was that yeah was it- um well we just talked about it today it's not uh, it's the one with the boom box on the cover uh, yeah yes mm. it's not well regarded
3: it's, yeah, uh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I bought,
6: that,
3: right? I, I bought the music, that
2: record as a kid, and I did not like it. Like,
3: yeah,
2: twenty bucks on this thing.
3: <laughs> the music, the message. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one. Yeah.
2: But then, like, you know, but like, who was it? Who signed Shudder to Think? Yeah. To, yeah. to, to a, Epic was it? It was just like Shudder to Think. Like even even punks have a hard time listening to that band. Like, <laughs> I love that band, but that's not easy mainstream appeal. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but even on this so back to this record though like even on the songs where it is like more traditional fugazi like the fast hardcore songs that they have they do stuff like that weird guitar on bed for the scraping just that i love that yeah
1: I, it's so it's like constant noodling that whole song it's just it's like <laughs> i don't know who's playing that but his fingers are probably yeah taken by the end of that song just, yeah <laughs>
3: But it's in <laughs> it's one of my favorite Fugazi songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, such it's so such a wild.
5: I like that song too.
4: Yeah, it's great. That's
5: great.
4: Um that, Kevin, that you kinda song, did that on on one of our songs. Oh, oh tab- Narrative the Forces. Yeah. <laughs> Shred Shred
6: Yeah.
4: Yeah. If <laughs> for the
0: Scraping, the tapping part is what inspired Shelby Sinka to do the song uh There Will Be No More Scum.
1: Mm-hmm. He, said he, oh, inspired really?
0: by, he said he was inspired by
1: uh bed for the Scraping
0: bed for oh, the wow. scraping i was like tapping but it's not like metal and it's got this like it's very vibey yeah
2: yeah that is cool that that's funny that there's like a direct tie to this album specifically <laughs> and yours that's amazing yeah there's like fun fact
4: yeah
5: jmar dropping fun facts well fun fact tribute,
4: <laughs> <laughs> and kevin is just carrying that torch dude with our album man
1: <laughs> keep it going bro <laughs>
2: are there what are some standout tracks on the album for you all
1: target Definitely is, for the scraping target for scraping target. target target is long great. distance runner yeah
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah i, long, I really long found good i was saying long distance runner. it's not like your typical end of the album type song too yeah you know it really ends like just falls off <laughs> but it's yeah. oh man it's great
2: yeah, yeah. I, I thought the back half, personally, the back half of the album, I think I liked the most. It was like this really fun string towards the end with Target, Back to Base, and Down City. Like I just really liked all three of those in a row.
1: Yeah, it's almost like it yeah, the peaked, then valleyed, then peaked again. Yeah, because it's like the the middle is just a lot of slow and ambient stuff, but then it basically starts <laughs> off high, goes down and calms down, and then ends on a high note.
2: Yeah, how how do you all feel about the uh, version? the the clarinet track
0: i like it i like it it's it's uh it's weird
2: it's weird mm. as shit
0: i mean come on it's weird as fuck <laughs> but, <laughs> I love it.
6: let's be real right yeah but it's so thick yeah.
0: Oh, yeah 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 it's got a great melody carrying it out um and it's the song like they're like pumping like some dub drums on yeah it. yeah the clarinet it's cool it's very cool um how about you you asked the question as though you oh
2: like you know so i i <laughs> i actually do like it but i think that if it was longer than it was like it's a three minute 20 second song <laughs> right. and then like the clarinet doesn't come into a little bit into the track but if it was like one of those because i feel like a lot of bands would kind of do that where they're like let's take our our worst impulses and drag it out <laughs> to the to like a six minute track yeah it's short enough and i'm glad they don't have like Twelve of these in their discography, too, you know yeah, yeah,
1: combination lock
2: reminds me of like
1: a uh, segue in between their songs its something like they do live, yeah. you know, yeah, but I can't remember if any other uh, other albums had two instrumentals on them besides um this one, but yeah, yeah,
0: is this also the first record is it, is Joe Lally sing on any other records,
1: yeah. He sings on uh, End Hits, I believe. This is the first time he's he's singing. This, this is the first time he's saying though. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: You? He sings on Recap modati on on End Hits. Gotcha,
1: gotcha, I believe, and then they they called it Bayou because it was like slow and sludgy, like swampy, you know. But they yeah, like the Bayou, but they just they re spelled it spelled it a different way. From
2: oh there. yeah. <laughs> yeah, listening to that one too, I was like, like you could hear Joe singing, it, of course, but like. Listening to it, and if you've ever heard any of Joe's solo records, you're like, Yeah, that's a Joe Lally song. Like, you could tell, just tell that, like, he wrote that one just because how, how different it is. Yeah. It's a very feedback y song, which they have a lot of feedback in the music, but it was like, feels like they just wrote the song in feedback.
1: It's very, it's very like, yeah, Joe Lally, because, like, whenever you see him play, he's just always, like, in the back. And he just, you know, <laughs> he really yeah. doesn't have any facial expression change, and the just way he sings is like, yeah. It's indicative of, like, who he is on stage, you know? It's just, like, calm and cool, cool and collected, but just, like, he's coming up with some amazing melodies.
2: But you even hear it in the way he sings on that song, too? Like, he doesn't have the the dynamics of Guy or, like, the, the impact of Ian. I mean, it comes from not being the lead singer of a band, you know, the whole time, but it's a, it's a different feel, for sure.
0: 100%. Yeah, Long Distance Runners, fucking great song, you know? I feel like Ian does this a lot, where he he does this like batshit crazy scream, like just it's like it's not like a like a hardcore. Scream. It's just batshit like like just distress or something. And he like does that in the middle of the song, like just this batshit crazy scream with these ugly guitars, and that's it. Like kind of mixed in the middle of you know a lot of sweet melody and ambient sound. So it's cool, some some contrast in there.
2: Well, and then I also love any song that, like, Ian's laughing in, and then you hear him laughing at Birthday Pony, and it's just, like... Yeah. (laughs) Because I think, I feel like there's even minor threat songs where you can hear him laughing, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you don't hear a lot of laughter in music, like, you know, or if you do, it's, like, what? Pop. Yeah, pop, hip-hop. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, you're doing... (laughs) Or you're doing like flipper, you know, yeah, <laughs> or, or uh, or <laughs> Henry Rollins in the liar, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I love like that this? he says like ho ho hoes in that song, too. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of things in this record that's like, even though it's, it's a super like polished record for Fugazi. I mean, maybe in on a kill taker was, you know, pretty well recorded and everything Mm. as well. Uh, This feels like another notch up as far as sound sonically. Um, But I still feel like there's like, you know, there's, there's hair around it. You know, there's, there's like the laughter you speak of, just like amp uh, hum and hiss and like, it even sounds like one of the songs, like it sounds like maybe, just maybe Brendan Canty like did a little rim shot on accident. <laughs> uh, and I, I played it back over and over as we we're getting ready to do this podcast. It's like, is, it, is that coming in I think so. But it's like, fuck, you know, uh, it was, I fell destroyed, I think it was. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's like, he's so fucking cool, you know, his mistakes are.
6: You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And that but Bell
1: yeah, it he seems has. Like, huh? that, the Liberty Bell that he has or whatever, I mean, yeah. that's yeah, <laughs> <I think> so <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. It's like, give me more Bell. It's <laughs> iconic.
2: <laughs> uh. I even love like, there are these like random spots on the record too, where like the guitar work is a little bit more jangly, a little bit more, a little softer. So like they yeah. even, even on this record where they're doing really weird stuff, there's like a, which I guess even the lighter side of Fugazi was kind of a different thing for them to be doing.
3: At this point. Well, and think about In on the Kill Taker as a record in their discography that I think of as being nonstop, Mm. like heavy. I think of it as being like the most densely heavy record in their discography, and that's that's the one right before this like blown apart, spacey, jangly. I mean, it has its heavy moments and its noisier parts, but it's not it's not that laser focused like hardcore. Of the the previous record, Mm -mm. maybe
0: that's that's the call and response to it. Maybe that's why you know they felt they need to make this rap as spacey and as weird as it got.
2: Yeah, it's definitely even thinking of other hardcore records or more or other punk records from this time period. It's like it's not. I don't know. I would say maybe in general '95 is not that adventurous with some of the choices that some of these bigger well-known records are. But I was about to say they're not quality records, but I guess it's whenever, you know, the band, a band like Fugazi, who is as important as they are, they're like, do something as weird as they can with their own sound. You know, I even looked at the other discord records that came out in 95 and 95 is not a great year as far as the disc- discord discography is concerned, because the only other LPs they put out, they put out a trusty record uh, slant six and branch manager who I do like branch manager but they're definitely one of the more obscure 90s bands. And then there's a handful of 7-inches from Crown Hate Ruin, Blue Tip, The Warmers and Lungfish. So it's not like there's not really another record on discord that year to really be like, "Oh, that one, that's amazing," you know. It's they just designed like designed it that
0: way. Yeah, I was about to say that's yeah. that's the play, dude, right there. <laughs> No 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 Your they uh, are coming out this year. We're so. we're
5: getting this dude and you guys are going to come out in 96. And I see down <laughs> the road. You
1: no, know, now they I went really all want in. Yeah. Now I really they want to know. That's the warmers here when they played. That's Alex Band, right? Yeah. Warmers. Yeah. It's open for Fugazi at one of the shows here or one of the shows in Bakersfield.
2: That's where Amy uh, uh, Ian's wife right right came from too. Right. She was there and um and like uh, what was it Slant 6 was uh, autoclave post project and yeah what was trustee's deal i don't remember what trustee they're just like a band that i know from the disc you know the discord discography but i don't really know their full
5: yeah so yeah. what what records did come out in 96 97 on discord like, yeah well, actually, let's, see, let's see what they put on right. hold and see what
2: yeah well i want to indulge in my lungfish uh,
3: yeah. put out sound in time and crown hate ruin put out until the eagle grins so there are your weirder yeah. more out there Discord yeah. records getting pushed to the next year.
2: <laughs> yeah. So just kept it weird. Just well, just I mean, weird. if you really think about it, Discord does just kind of stay weird after I this. Mean,
3: yeah, there's a smart went crazy record.
2: The first blue tip record came out in 96, which is pretty straightforward, yeah. which yeah. I love. Just and the warmers self-titled. So yeah, 96 is a bigger year for the other bands <laughs> on the label. <laughs> It's probably was just like a. I don't want to put a record out the same year as Fugazi. Yeah.
5: You guys release one. I'm out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We'll We'll wait. wait. (laughs) We'll wait. Too bad, branch manager. (laughs) You're on the slate. (laughs) Didn't
0: get to regional branch manager. Yeah. (laughs) Also, this record on uh, Red Medicine anybody else have a problem with the with the fucking album cover? Is it upside down? Is it right right side? I, I had some, <laughs> yeah, some issues I'm there, on. yeah. Yeah, I was all messed up. I was like okay, the pictures upside down, but the words are right. Side. I
3: I, I like, have had heads. what's going on here? I have had this record on vinyl since for, for over ten years, um, since I was in college. Um, and I posted I posted it on my vinyl account on Instagram, and someone commented on it about that the picture of them in the ocean, and I'm like. On the front cover, and like, what picture of them in the ocean? (laughs) It's the grill of the amp on that album cover. And I went and looked at it, their heads are upside down on the bottom of the record. (laughs)
2: Like, what's going on here? (laughs) 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 I never noticed that before. Wow. Yeah. Because you look at the
5: top, you don't even, yeah, it's just like, cool, for guys,
6: whatever.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the grill on the, yeah.
0: I remember like yeah, but, you know, when it came out when I rolled, like, yeah, someone, someone, someone <laughs> fucked up that's when you know it was going to be weird I
3: wonder <laughs> if that was I, I wonder if that was a Jason Farrell decision he did the artwork yeah <laughs>
6: he
3: he probably was like I'm turning them upside down
6: <laughs>
3: put my record out next year
2: <laughs> he, called, he called dibs on being record 101 yeah <laughs> uh and one last little note i have here is that i read a rolling stone article from the year that this record came out and the, the article was complaining that uh they preached too much on all the records before this and this is finally the one where they stopped like telling us what to do <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: um, i was looking up some stuff Trying to research a little more about this record. And I seen that uh, John Freshante calls it a masterpiece.
2: Yeah, there was a fun list. Like I was looking at the see, it's the Wikipedia for the album
3: shows. Oh, all, the, all the people all, that like credit this as a huge influence. Yeah.
2: And like uh, Travis Shettle from uh, Piebald specifically says, like, we've stolen so many ideas from this record. <laughs> And then I actually think I heard like one of them that they definitely stole. Like it's uh, let's see if I can find it in my notes. I wrote it down Let's see. There was I lost it. I don't know. There was definitely a spot on the record where there it is. Back to base. I was like, oh, yeah, piebald ripped off this intro. Like that's what they ripped (laughs) off on that for one of their songs. But yeah, who else was on there saying uh, Dennis Liction from Refuse considers it their best record. Instead, it influenced the band while recording songs to fan the flames' of discontent and the shape of punk to come. So of course yeah, it did, big time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, Refuse just it. like took everything that came out of DC. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah,
4: Cur- My- Up actually uh, wrote a uh, saying about them in one of their
2: songs. Yeah, uh, Mike Sullivan of Russian Circle cites this and Shellacs at Action Park and
3: John Man, <laughs> yeah, John Frusciante. Man,
2: imagine that. F- Fugazi and uh, and Red Hot Chili Peppers collaboration that never happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> could you could you imagine? Was it Ataxia? It's uh it's John Frusciante and Joe Lally and who else is in that? Your name? I don't know. Yeah, Ataxia. Hmm. Yeah,
2: no, that's uh, a see
3: that's see things. if we can link off on the John Frusciante. Uh, it was uh the it was. Oh, who was it? Was it the drummer was Josh uh, Klinghoffer from Dot Hacker God. and Bicycle D. Huh.
0: He's also the other guitar player just recently.
3: Uh, oh, right, yeah. He play. is yeah, the yeah, other yeah. Chili Peppers, yeah.
0: I'm still waiting for the Anthony Kiedis brandon candy. <laughs> we're talking. Yeah. You know I mean? us Anthony It's just two front... percussionists, one with his mouth, one with the other
2: <laughs> See... <laughs> he could he could team up with the Mesthetics, because it's like most of uh, Fugazi's yeah. rhythm section, yeah. Yeah. and then exactly. just say that he's a rhythm instrument.
6: <laughs>
0: yeah. could you imagine? Just, just yeah. scat, just <laughs> scat. Off. I would buy a, a ticket to that for sure. <laughs> Have you? you guys seen
4: this? <laughs> this is crazy shit. Uh, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> I can picture it in my head. Right. Yes,
5: good call, dude. Make this happen.
2: <laughs> yeah. it, I was thinking, I was like, it's it's so like these guys to that after Fugazi, they don't do anything really like this at all. Like, you know, Ian does an acoustic baritone guitar band with his wife and uh, the other guys do instrumental, you know, sort of (laughs) this style, but no vocals. And Joe Lally does his stuff. It's just weird. Like. Joe well, yeah. amazing, but yeah, like he just does yeah. his solo records are just weird. What's he yeah, done like since then? Producing. So he did the end yeah. of that. Yeah, so. yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. the mistake he did a lot of his just... other stuff prior, like he had the you know the other bands for before Fugazi. Oh, I didn't know he worked with uh, Vic Chestnut. That's cool.
1: Did he? <laughs> did he do um, Blonde Redheads? Misery is a butterfly. Yeah, I think he produced that one, right? Yeah, That's he did. That's a great did. album yeah that it's, album's great
2: he did blood brothers too oh that's right oh wow he did That's, that's right. that makes sense i didn't know he did yeah. that yeah it does actually make a lot of sense yeah okay he did two vic chestnut records north star deserter and at the cut oh, that's cool which
4: which blood which blood brothers album did he do uh
2: the last one the Young Machetes. Is, okay yeah 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 wow that's wild yeah. Doing whatever they want and the thing is you know <laughs> the the day Fugazi does decide to do a reunion, it's probably gonna be at like some park in DC and no one will know what was gonna happen until like yeah. it already happened, you know?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just like Suddenly, a massive traffic jam of jam of people abandoning their vehicles, running. To... <laughs> yeah. We're all
4: moving to DC after this call. Just, gonna, just yeah, in anticipation for
2: this the, to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mean, just gonna be sitting
5: there in the park, dude, just waiting.
2: Just <laughs> insisting that Fuck, they're it's like, at
5: the wrong park?
2: We're just a <laughs> We're local band. Years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just a local band. Nobody cares. Probably, I...
5: Yeah, probably advertise it as like just some random band name and just show up and. Oh guess what
3: is Fugazi? I can't they imagine will- the emails that they get every single day. Oh, just, yeah. oh, uh, just every single day Ian Mackay logs in and Into has, hot, has like a hundred emails from promoters like we will give you a million dollars. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mohammed bin Salman sending them emails asking
2: <laughs> Come play. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't get- the mayor
1: of DC like offering them? He's he's a big Fugazi fan. This is a couple <laughs> years ago he was offering Fugazi like something to have a reunion i believe
2: the key to the city,
6: <laughs> <laughs> to the city.
2: <laughs> yeah at least you know at least it's not like i guess i feel like we'll see a weaker than's reunion before we would see a uh uh fugazi reunion because all you got to do is probably just send a nice enough postcard to uh, john k
3: sampson and uh say that you're going <laughs> to okay. donate it to his library and uh <laughs> I would have said there was a better chance of Husker du reuniting before Fugazi. There's still a better chance of Husker du reuniting. <laughs> I, I don't know. There was a there was a chance of Bob and Grant reuniting. Yeah. I, there's no chance of Bob and, and um what's his name? Big Greg. Greg reuniting <laughs> because yeah, he's, he's, no he's the one they hate the most. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Grant unfortunately. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I think I've hit all of my notes. Is there uh, any final words on the record anybody wants to say?
0: I think we've covered it.
5: Yeah. All good. I just love it. It's a trippy record. That's what I love about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: If only he could hit the snare drum consistently every single time he messed up that one time.
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, It's always just the one time. I'm tired. You know? Huh, Tyler?
4: You know? <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? Can you, can you believe it? There, there's, here's the takeaway from if it kills you on this album. <laughs> the ones
3: Pretty good, but they went, they fucked up that one, that one... Yeah, uh, <laughs> once I heard that,
4: I, you know, I was
5: done. You
3: turned it off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, awesome. That well, a... <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead.
4: I was just gonna say, just for the record, it was a beautiful mistake.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. They're a band whose like mistakes are like almost intentional too. Yeah. We meant to do that. We're
3: innovators. (laughs) It's experimental.
2: (laughs) That's what I say whenever I get behind a drum kit. Yeah, I'm just (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be off off time.
5: (laughs) Just seeing if you guys were paying attention, that's
2: all. Yeah. Listen, there's a lot of consistent drummers out there.
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah, I'm not one of
0: them.
6: <laughs> <need>
2: one. <laughs> Why do we need more of those? Yes. Yeah, we don't need. Let's mix it up. <laughs> it <wants> it <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was really fun to talk about Fugazi. We we've checked off a big name on the on the list of bands we've never discussed
3: in depth, but yeah, yeah thank you well, for we have. This, yeah. It's just been spread out across a bunch of different episodes where it's like, well, there's a Fugazi record in the charts, so we got to talk about it for a couple of
2: Right, minutes. right. We never devoted an entire episode to a Fugazi record though. So, But, uh, tell everyone where we should follow you online, buy the record or pre-order the record, all that good stuff.
0: Uh, well, we're on Facebook and Instagram, um, on Twitter. Are we? I, I think we were. We're not. On Twitter. I think we got, I think Elon Musk locked me out. <laughs> <Got you. Elon laughs> locked me out. Uh, we got, our record resides right now if it kills you that seal and uh yeah all right and appreciate you uh you know having us on the podcast yeah absolutely so much yeah fun. this has been awesome.
2: fun man yeah thank you so much yeah, for absolutely. doing the show like uh when the record came out i was like oh this record's really good like i really like it oh like, i wonder if i should reach out to them and then like i think justin you signed up for the patreon i guess just to yeah. hear what what i said about it yeah, and, that's uh, curiosity. <laughs> You're not he's the only like, one who's done that.
6: Do
5: it. <laughs> like, oh, he's like, right when he said something, like, I went for one of those guys to die then. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> got him. Got him. Gotcha. <laughs> <in. laughs> got gotcha, man. Got you, man.
2: We've definitely had that actually happen a couple times. I guess everybody's always just a little curious. Really, though, if they would have just messaged me, I would be like, all right, yeah, I'll send it to you. You don't have to pay a dollar to hear yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's cool.
0: You know, uh dollar. Yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah, and I was like, I should definitely message them and see if he wants to come on the show. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate, we, we all appreciate it. Hopefully yeah. we did the red medicine some justice. Yeah, about I it. think so. Because we're weird, too. So yeah, we're weird.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we got to this gig, and this really young kid
0: ran up to me. I had a, some iced tea or something. And he ran up to me and he said, this is the first person who talked to me. He said, whoa, you're drinking iced tea? I said, yeah, it was like this is unsweetened iced tea. Uh, yeah, he was like, Well, oh. my friend says caffeine's a drug. I said, Oh, tell your friend, fuck you.